case of emergency, the exits are here, 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 anywhere. Keep your hands and arms inside the carpet. We... Name is Hades, Lord of the Dead. Hi, how you doing? We dance, we kiss, we schmooze, we carry on, we go home happy. What do you say? Come on. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Hello and welcome to the Disney Guys Uncensored. My name is Andrew DeFusco and this is episode 7, recorded on May 6, 2019. On this week's episode, we discuss some new dining options, extra, extra magic hours, and a new Toy Story themed restaurant. Our main segment this week, in honor of May the 4th be with you, we take a look at Star Wars and its place at Walt Disney World, remembering its past, exploring its present, and of course, looking forward to its very bright future. And lastly, Random House of Mouse takes a look at our favorite Star Wars films, as well as some Facebook polls. And we promise we'll bring you Random House of Mouse this week. Uh, joining me on tonight's episode, Bob, what's going on? How are those Bruins doing? Oh, well, still one or nothing. We got uh, about 12 minutes left in the third period. And big shout out to Kyrie Irving. You cannot get out of Boston fast enough, you stiff. Go play for the Knicks, you friggin' bum. Jay, how are you? I am well. I am well. And we can't talk about May the 4th without Revenge of the 5th. That is right. <laughs> that is true. Um, yeah, so we got a really fun episode. And I want to say up front for all you guys and gals, don't let Star Wars the name scare you. Even if you're not a big Star Wars fan, we are really diving into the parts themselves. So if you're a Disney park fanatic like we are, you definitely will want to listen to it. We have tons of cool info coming. Um so with that being said, I want to jump right over to the rapid-fire news. Lion King Dinner is coming to Jico, Jaco, the uh, cooking place at the Animal Kingdom Lodge, $65 a person. Three courses, you will only have a choice of one entree, appetizers, and dessert. Are there all fixed items? This will begin June 30th. And we'll have a musical accompaniment with live roaming musicians playing the Lion King-inspired music. Cinderella's Royal Table is now a $199.99 party combo. Greeted by Cinderella with and Prince Charming, you'll have sparkling wine and a box of truffles, dinner, and reserved firework viewing for the dessert party. Yes, Jay, as if Cinderella's, Cinderella's Royal Table wasn't expensive enough. You right? Know, it's not... <laughs> It's what? I think it's like $70, 75 bucks. Okay. Something so, like that. Okay. For an extra double. $120, I get sparkling wine and a box of truffles. Thanks. <laughs> oh, I, I agree. This, this isn't you. worth it. I, I agree the deal is not worth it. I mean, it could be worse. It could be a box of wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might be better. Depending <laughs> on who <laughs> you're asking. <laughs> All righty. And pretty poignant here. Peter Mayhew has passed away. That's right, Chewbacca at the age of 74. Yeah, all right, Pete, big guy. They really did not release a whole lot as to the cause. I'm assuming it was pretty much just a combination of his height and old age. Extra magic hours have been released August 29th through November 1st. 
Hollywood Studios are at 6 a.m. Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom start at 7 a.m. So this is this is big news. Now, now basically, this is obviously for Galaxy's Edge, um, but I think typically it opens that park opens around nine, so you, it's it's right. going to be opening uh, three hours earlier every day um, for those two months or so. It's actually um, going to open two hours earlier. I read they're going to open the park at eight during that time to get people into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that makes sense. So it'll be two hours early. Um, but I think the eight o'clock is only resort guests. So it's basically a three hour jump. It's an hour extra magic for every resort guest and two hours extra. If you're willing to get up at 5am to go to a theme park. Now here's a question. Are they going to run the buses that early for that? No, they're going to use the minivan. It's going to be great. (laughs) Way to to make money. All hundred of them. Um, and the other thing too is obviously they're expecting large crowds, so they open up the other parts as well. Uh, poor Epcot still gets no love, um, but uh, yeah, seven AM still is great for Magic Kingdom and whatnot. If you're an early riser like myself, new Roundup Rodeo barbecue table service coming to Toy Story Land at Hollywood Studios. We predicted this as soon as they announced the. Uh, well, basically, it was Mickey's Backyard Barbecue just themed Toy Story. And it was just a limited time event, but as soon as it sold out, we knew that's what, what was going to happen. And it's, there's been speculation about this for quite some time because when they originally released the map of Toy Story Land, right when you enter Toy Story Land, right when you right where the Woody is and stuff is on the right hand side, the original map showed a, a large building, and then eventually that building disappeared. So mm-hmm. I wonder is if if that building is now going back there, and that's what the restaurant's going to be. Um, and then there's also rumors it's going to be a family style type service, okay. um, but yeah, just something that, you know. It makes you wonder why wasn't this a part of the original plan? You know, was it they, they wanted to just try to open it up quickly or or whatnot? You know. Yes, it was budgetary to get as many of the resources as they could to Galaxy's Edge to get it open on time. Agreed. So anything that came off the board, and this is the reason we're not getting Mickey and Minnie's Mine uh, Runaway Rail Car at the great movie ride building because they they kicked it down a year because they needed to get the start they needed pretty much all available help to galaxy's edge all right so they have debuted a new logo for hollywood studios it'll appear in the park later this year it'll include woody mickey and bb8 yeah so jay have you seen the logo yeah it's it's fairly plain actually it it, i i thought it was um dare i say basic Yes, I, I like it. I like basic. No, it's clean. It's clean, and I will it say is. that it's clean. It kind of. I I feel like Mickey makes a ton of sense, and I yeah. guess Woody and BB-8 being the two newest lands in that park also make a lot of sense. It just struck me as odd. It's Mickey yeah. who is an iconic character, not to take away from Woody, because I, I don't my. And I love BB-8. You'll find that out pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. I thought that was an odd choice. I thought it was just kind of odd. Like, I, R2-D2 would have been more iconic to me. But uh, maybe it's an issue over newer property. So Probably. that He's going to be more recognizable to the younger kid crowd than, than anything. Yeah. All right. Magic Bands over... 30 new options have been added for the typical colors and special price of $14.99. Yep. So that's basically once 
once you are selecting your your taller option for your magic band when you when you book a trip you're now going to have the option to purchase over 30 options of a design with characters or whatnot for a beautiful low price of 14.99 <laughs> well it's actually cheaper than getting them individually separately so it is for, it is with well, it could I be mean, like 25 to 35 yeah but but you are going to still be able to choose the free option of the five basic colors. Yep, correct. The new Walt Disney World Center for Culinary Arts and Hospitality at Valencia College will be welcoming students this fall. Disney donated $1.5 million to help the completion of the downtown Orlando campus. Yeah, Jay, real quick. This was breaking break. This was probably six hours ago right. that this, this broke. Um, so Valencia College is, is a little independent school down there in uh, conjunction with uh, CFU, Central Florida University, uh, or UCF, sorry, UCF, University of Central Florida. Um, <laughs> so it, it's right in downtown. It's a beautiful looking building. Uh, to me, if architecture is your thing, and I know, Andrew, you've got a little bit of history with architecture. I but, do. Um, yeah, I mean, you went to school for architecture. I did. So uh, it's a nice looking building. Bongo's Cuban Cafe is rumored to be closing by the end of the year. It's not official, but the employees have been told they are closing before the end of the year. So make sure you visit while you can, or it'll be gone. Yeah, it's a giant pineapple building. It really is a beautiful piece of modern architecture. Andrew loves architecture. I feel now, like I'm on repeat. And now we're talking <laughs> down uh, Disney Springs, correct? correct? Yeah, the west side. Yeah. Yep. Down near uh, the NBA experience, actually. Oh, great. Yes. Formerly um, Disney Quest trip. All right, Pete. So, uh, no, great. Thanks, thanks, Jason. That's going to wrap up this uh, this segment of this week's news. Um, there's a lot of good info there this week. Um, so let's move straight over to the topic of the week. So, like we said in the intro, guys, we broke down Star Wars and the theme parks into three sections. Because um, <laughs> that's what we do here at the Disney guys. We love different sections, right? Um, so, we have the history, uh, which we'll talk about briefly. We have the present, which we'll talk about briefly. And then we're really going to get into the future and what's coming to the Walt Disney World um, for Star Wars. Everything Star Wars. So, so a little bit about the history here. Um you know, how did Disney really acquire Lucas films and how that all happened, right? So essentially George Lucas was out there, he's looking to retire um, and sell the franchise. So back in October 30th, 2012, Disney went and they made a deal with Lucas Films and they purchased Lucas Films for four point zero five billion. B with a billion. Yeah, uh, they've made that back. No. They made that back. Uh yeah. They they in made merchandising that back. alone. <laughs> exactly. Um, so they actually paid approximately half in cash and half in shares of Disney stock. Um, so that's how they paid for it. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good deal though, when you think about it. You think about... Uh, so if you look about that net worth now, Bob, right? What I mean, I can oh, only absolutely. imagine what the what the stock price was in 2012, but I got to imagine it. No, he's done okay for himself on that deal. <laughs> I would think uh, so. Not that he needed to, but again, I think we mistake a lot of it. It wasn't just, you know... Star Wars. I mean, it was Lucas Films. I mean, he it was Lucas every... Arts Video Game Company. It yeah, was I mean, for sound, industrial yeah. light and magic. Yeah, yep. and outside of, of, of Weta, yeah, yeah, outside <laughs> of Weta down in in Australia. I mean, that's one of the the effects departments 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Lucas had so at Industrial Light and Magic. So I think it's a good deal for them, honestly, in the past. You think about name recognition, brand recognition. It's a partnership they've had since the late 80s uh, when they were building this park, actually, when they were building Hollywood Studios uh, with with Star Tours and with the Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular. So it was a, yep. it was a, it was a good relationship uh, prior to that. I, I think it made sense for both parties for Disney to just say, hey, let's take that off your hands. Absolutely. And like you said, Bob, let's actually rewind even more back to December of 1980. Well, really before that, 1987. Yeah. Um, when Star Tours um, was about to be introduced to Disneyland. And this was basically going to be the first non-Disney licensed property uh, on in Disneyland, right? So uh, Imagineers originally had this idea for this new ride called the Black Hole. And it was supposed to be this interactive ride simulator attraction where guests would essentially choose their route or path and try to have like a you know different experience every time they went on the ride. Yeah, that's so actually the, based on an intellectual property it's called The Black Hole. Movie <laughs> didn't do well, though. I think it might have been the late 70s or, or mid-80s when that movie came out. didn't do great. It actually has a little bit of a cult following now. But initially, their plan was to take their own property, The Black Hole, and make it a, a ride, like Andrew said. So, Yep. Um, and yeah, and, and that the, the Imagineers projected the cost of that ride to be $50 million, which... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely ridiculous because I what's think that Disney, in, what's that in 2019 dollars because well Disney the, wasn't in the financial shape that they are in now I in think, the late 80s I mean the late 80s was not a good time for the company so I can understand why they balked at that price oh, yeah if I I'm think, not mistaken inflation since the 80s is almost double what it was yeah. I think, which well, would I think, be like closer closer to a hundred million in today's money I think I read that Disneyland the original first build was only like 15 million. So it was, it was a lot more than that. And that's uh, not what they wanted to do. Right. Um, so what, so what the Imagineers did was, so I said, well, we have to do something with this space essentially. So they converted, uh, they went out and purchased four military grade flight simulators at $500,000 each. Um, then they went back to Lucas films and said, Hey, listen, we want you to produce and develop this first person perspective movie about star Wars. Um, so then they had this film, and they, they essentially put it up on the monitor in the simulator. Then they put this programmer guy directly in one of the seats. They gave him this joystick, and they essentially told him to move the joystick as if you're, you're watching the video, and we're going to record your actions. And that's what they did. They recorded it. Um, and at the end of the day, that was what, how the ride came about, and it cost about $32 million. And when it opened which I thought was really cool, they held a 60-hour Star Wars marathon. So the park was open for 60 straight hours without closing. Uh, and that was just to pull all those people in. That's insane. So so quick sidebar, when they built the Wonders of Life Pavilion at Epcot, they took this very similar technology. They didn't have... I, depending on who you talk to, they didn't have... The inclination to repeat themselves at that time, which the Imagineers of today would probably take uh, a great deal of, of suggestion from them not repeating themselves. Because I feel like everything we get is a clone of somewhere else, or they end up cloning the ride to a different park. 
Um, so when they gave us Wonders of Life, they wanted to use the same simulator technology they gave us Body Wars. Oh, Body they, Wars. Oh, wow. But, but they had never intended on putting Star Tours in the parks in the, the way it was done in Disneyland. Initially, obviously, as we find out two years, uh, two years after this, so in 89, um, December of 89, Star Tours opened. Uh, also, right around the same time, might have been late November, early December of 89, is when Body Wars opened. They had no intention of putting Star Tours in that park. They were using the, the simulator yeah. attraction at, at Epcot for Body I'll Wars. All right, Body Wars. I'll tell you what, I wish I could go back to my Facebook post and change to bring back Body Wars. Because that ride was epic. I don't it know. Truly was. I mean, it was. It was okay. It was pretty much <laughs> in a, its time. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty much a, a journey through inner space or, or an adventure through inner space. Uh, there, there's a, uh, God help me, there's a science fiction movie out there with Raquel Welch. Uh, <laughs> I have to do some research on it. I, I actually own the movie. Fantastic Voyage, I think it is. It's pretty much, they took Fantastic Voyage and made it. You had to, into uh, Fantastic, we'll get into Extinct Rides. Some other time. <laughs> I, I don't want to have a squirrel moment here, so let's bring it back to Star Wars. Yeah. But, All right, uh, so yeah. if you've never been on Star Tours, it actually takes you and puts you in the role of a space tourist en route to the forest moon of Endor via the Star Tours travel agency. The ride queue is designed to look like a spaceship boarding terminal. Posters and advertisements of voyages and different planets, a giant screen that informed riders of the benefits of going to Endor. And I, got- I, I love that. I think that's awesome and genius, right? It's telling a story, and that's what I told you guys I love about Disney. It, it starts from the line all the way up until you get on. You think you're going, you know, you're going on a trip. You're going on a tourist trip. And I think that's an awesome idea how they said, listen, we want to bring you into a real Star Wars universe, and here's how we're going to do it. Um, Absolutely. You're going to be yourself, but you're going to be yourself in Star Wars. You're not just going right. to or somebody else. As so you're walking goes... through, they actually have like a mock-up of the ship you're going to be traveling in. Yep, and you've right. got R2-D2 up there. He's talking to you as well as C-3PO talking as you're going through the queue. There's other random droids in there that are supposedly checking the luggage of people going on this tour and that kind right. of stuff. So I think the key thing to take away from this is Universal Studios coined the phrase ride the movies. Yes. Before Disney could. Okay. I'm sure if Disney could go back in time to the late 80s, they would have used it as their own. Heaven knows that Eisner stole most of this idea for this studio park from Universal Studios to begin with. That being said, the idea of this park when you were going there, this was a legitimate, I mean, it was a, it was basically a soundstage building. But oh, it yeah. was designed where, where you were on the set, you were going in, and you were, quote-unquote, writing the movie. You were on Star Tours. It was a way for the characters of Star Wars to, to make a little cash on the side, I guess. They, they weren't really making the money. Lucas is a cheapskate, so he wasn't paying them all enough. <laughs> and uh, it's, you know, you meet Captain Rex. I, I got to tell you, the initial version of Star Tours, for all of its faults, and, and again, in its time, I don't want to say it's groundbreaking because the the, the ride scale it's been around the the system's been used before, but in this capacity and the intricacies of and I don't know if we've really talked about it how they got the movements and and how they did the synchronization of it all it was, oh, breathtaking. was breathtaking it was breathtaking I mean it was it was great it was a great ride and it still is to this day oh yeah and in, in its incarnation now. 
Yep. But the original Star Tours itself, in its time, was incredible. It was an incredible attraction. Everything about it. So just as a as a FYI here, the uh, the ride starts you when you get in, starts it at a flight platform with the hangar crew, crash and finally take off into space. Then you light speed past Endor to a comet cluster, escape but come close to a star destroyer in, in the Imperial fleet as well as the Death Star. Republic comes in and saves you, and they fight some Tie fighters. Death Star is destroyed. You light speed back to the spaceport where you started. Now, this is a general rundown. There's actually like three or four different shows you could get. I know right before The Force Awakens come out, there was one scenario where you actually met Rey and Finn in the uh, the Millennium Falcon. There's one where you actually end up underwater in Otagunga. I mean, it's never right. the same so, ride twice. So I think what happened is the initial Star Tours was kind of what you just described. It was a static story that they told. Right. They referenced you and said, Star Tours, what are you doing here? That always stuck out to me. Yes. Because like we said, you were playing a character in this. And, you know, I don't know who it was, but but you look at it and they were talking to you saying, oh, Star Tours, why are you here? You got to get out of here. This is a battle zone. Um, yep. And then once they once they shut it down, that that ran for until I want to say 2010, 2011, somewhere in that neighborhood. Was, uh, May uh, 2011. And then you know we got Star Tours: The Adventure Continues after that, where then Jay was talking about, and then it become a choose your own adventure book. But they started randomizations of it, and yeah, there's there was uh, I don't want to say countless uh, scenarios you could have gotten into, but there Absolutely. are. A more than more than a few dozen scenarios based on where you start, where you go in the middle, and where you end up. So, yep. yeah, and then of course you got to remember they they upgraded to the HD video, uh, right. and then and then of course the big reveal uh, it drops you at the Blatspire outpost of a two um, at the end. Well, right? that's that's all that's, well, that's brand new actually. That's right, that's yeah. the newest incarnation. Is the last scene you do get dropped you off the Blatspire outpost. Edge. A little bit of synergy, I guess. You know, a little <laughs> bit of synergy from the company there. Agreed. Um, so, other stuff that happened in the past, and that's a pretty general overview of what the ride is and what it was, and and we'll probably hit on a few more things interchangeably with with the ride because I think all three of us are in agreement that Star Tours originally and Star Tours currently is still a very very well done ride. It's yes. a very fun ride to go on. Uh, quick side note, my wife, God bless her, the only thrill ride she'd go on on our first trip, she loved Star Tours when she was there. This was back in 1992, 1993, somewhere in that neighborhood. And my wife now isn't that tall. She's 4'9", 4'10". So she was real little then, but she could get on Star Tours, and she loved it, still loves it to this day. It's just one of those rides that I think you don't have to be a Star Wars fan because my wife isn't a big mm -hmm. Star Wars fan. She'll watch them with me, but you don't have to be a big Star Wars fan to appreciate the ride itself. Agree. And, and real quick story was, is, again, I haven't even been on the new Star Tours. I'm really excited because I, I, last time I went, my wife's not a Star Wars fan. My kids were too young. Um, but anyways, I, I, I did a fast pass for myself and my daughter to go, who's five. Uh, so she doesn't really know Star Wars. So uh, last night I was watching uh, my favorite Star Wars movie, which we'll get to. And a stormtrooper comes on the scene. She goes, hey, daddy. I said, what, Zoe? She goes, those, those white robots. She goes, those are, <laughs> those are from the new Wretched Ralph movie. 
I said, yeah, Zoe, they are. I said, we're going to go see them in Disney World. So now she's all excited because she kind of gets it. And then she was trying to say, well, what, what, you know, what's happening? I said, well, you know, there's Jedi. She goes, well, what's a Jedi? And I said, well, a Jedi. I said, how do I explain this to a five-year-old? I said, it's a superhero in space. And I was like, that's that's kind of the best I could really say, Zoe. That works. And um, she gets it. So she's excited now, and I'm excited to kind of start to share my Star Wars love with her when we go. I'm going to go on Space Wizard, but no, yours made sense too. (laughs) I was thinking more along the lines of Galactic Police, but that works too. (laughs) (laughs) But we've all got our own feelings on what Jedi actually (laughs) are. Um, Narrow minded fanatics sometimes. (laughs) But uh, so one thing I wanted to touch on in the past. I went to a couple of these, and again, 1997, 1998 in that neighborhood. Um, so I wasn't young, I was 15, whenever I was, 14. Um, so I, I'm old enough to remember, and I vaguely remember, but I didn't go specifically for these. The Star Wars weekends, uh, annual festivals, um, usually happened uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, uh, three or four weeks out of the year from uh, May till June. Um, kind of if you think about it what comic cons and and star wars conventions are now kind of what these were and it's a chicken and egg scenario i'm sure that some version of comic cons and 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 various fan conventions were around before star wars weekends um but star wars weekends yeah you had you know appearances by you know billy d williams and and peter mayhew you know r.i.p was there anthony daniels uh, uh, what the hell's the guy's name? Played Boba Fett there. Come on, Jay. Oh, uh, 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 uh well, I, uh, Jeremy Bullock. Jeremy Bullock, I think, yeah. made a couple of appearances there. Um, you know, you had a lot of neat, iconic <clears throat> merchandise. I know Jay <laughs> and myself up in, uh, all this week talking about Star Wars back and forth. Talked about some of the big figs they used to make, and you know oh, yeah, the yeah. characters were dressed up. I know Andrew was a big fan of like those special characters. Oh uh, yeah, I think my I think my favorite was R two M K Mickey as a as an Asmertech uh, droid. <laughs> was 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 fantastic. Um, but yeah, no, it ran for you know, guys. What did we figure it ran from uh, ninety seven, and then it was almost biannually, and then it ran annually from two thousand three to two thousand fifteen. Did you guys have any experiences with Star Wars weekends? Unfortunately not, but I would have loved to. Yeah, my yeah. I, I mean, I remember the vaguely of um, seeing seeing like you said, Bob, the the special characters and the Mickey Mouse dressed up, and um, you know the Donald Duck storm. Yeah, I think Andrew. Honestly, like I, think, I think I think we thinking, went. I think in, I think yeah. in '97 we might have been there around that time when they took place. Yeah, I want to say there was another one when we went in uh, the summer of. I want to say 2004 or 2005 we were down there. And I think we and, and we didn't go specifically for it. So I, I don't think we would have even realized, oh, Star Wars weekends are this huge thing. Um, but but again, good times, great oldies, you know, B-101, you know. <laughs> Agreed. Jedi Training Academy, which started around 2007 and went until 2015, it was a live show based on the teachings found in the Star Wars series where children got to sign up and begin their day or, you know, depending on when they signed up. Because it's, it's like, I want to say every 30 to 45 minutes they do a new show. But uh, they get to participate in Jedi training with a master. And then as they're training at some point, 
the uh, the I guess you could say the doors open and you see a bunch of smoke and out comes a couple stormtroopers followed by Vader. Um, they also have some other characters that pop out pop out every time. I think one time when my youngest daughter was doing it, they had Darth Maul pop out. I want to say that, um, that depending on the size of the crowd, they may have more than one character helping out. And I believe I've seen a video where Ahsoka Tano was also helping with the Jedi Master. It's really it's a fun thing for the kids to do that helps get them involved. The children, of course, are, con- are considered Padawans. By the end, they're done. They get to wear a, uh, a Jedi robe while up there and have a uh, lightsaber. They get to do a lightsaber fight with the character. By the end, they get a uh, certificate of, of completion, essentially saying, you are now a Jedi Knight. And it's, it's, both of my girls have done it, and they absolutely love it. That, that that's awesome. That I, yeah. that's I, I wish when my kids are older, if they're into Star Wars, I mean it is it's awesome. I mean it's pretty cool. I, I honestly will say that uh, my youngest has always been a fan, fan, bigger fan of the Sith than anything. I was kind of scared when Vader <laughs> came out that she was going to pledge her allegiance to him instead. <laughs> yeah, in fact, I think a couple of our Facebook friends, uh, Scott Bromberg, I believe, um, friend of the show. He has a couple of young boys that I know. He's showed me pictures that his kids were able to uh, do this uh, a couple of times. They might have actually done the uh, the temple one they're running now that we'll talk about in a little bit. Right. Um, but, yeah, so it's one of those things. I mean, you don't really necessarily have to be an insider to do this. Just, you know, go up and say, hey, you know, my kids or well, your kids go up and say, hey, you know, I'd like to do the Jedi training. What did we say the ages were on this? Up to like 16, I think they let you do it or... or is that is I think that right? It's only it... to twelve. Oh, it yeah, might be twelve. Yeah, it might be twelve. I think I was thinking... kicking uh, Vader's ass on stage. I think it might have been initially they were like groups of sixteen. That's where I got the number from, and I think it was up to twelve. I think you guys are right there. Yeah, I... uh, a couple of things also that used to be at the parks. I know we've all talked about uh, at great length off off air about the great movie ride and what it meant to us growing up and and how it was. Um, Star Wars, uh, A New Hope and uh, Force Awakens represented in the finale of that uh, of the great movie ride when you finally get through all the show scenes and you're seeing the, the montage at the end. But that's pretty much, I, I want to say, everything that used to be at that park. Um, so that's, just, again, probably longer than we thought we were going to go with it. But again, that's the past of what Star Wars has meant to the park's um, I, I think we're ready to now go to the current day. And, and again, we'll talk very quickly about uh, Star Wars, uh, Star Tours. The adventures continue. Uh, it did open in May of uh, 2011. Like we said earlier, HD video, uh, random missions now. It's a few dozen at least of different options you can get. And now currently the final scene does drop you, like Andrew said earlier, at the Black Spire outpost of uh, Batu. Um, synergy for the win on that one, guys. Um, right, quick note. Um, Andrew did post it on Facebook. There are there's a comic series out right now that will be released uh, one a month uh, for the next five or six months um, that has to do with the Black Spire Outpost. Uh, it's a good little comic. It doesn't necessarily give you a preview of the land, but it gives you a backdrop to what that and, uh, and to for what all those that people area that are is. agreed. And for all those out there, maybe forgive us who, who are saying, "Well, what the hell is Black Spire Outpost? And what's but two? We will get into that. Um, but essentially, that's all part of the new Galaxy's Edge uh, right. land. It will, uh, that's all I'm going to say. We'll talk about it in, in, you know, in a right. little bit. So I, I will say real quickly, and I did, we gushed over Star Tours, the original. I prefer The Adventure Continues. 
right. to the original. It's cleaner. It's a little smoother. Uh, it, it's it's a little more fun, and it's it's not taking anything away. Again, sneaky good ride, Star Tours. Sneaky. Yeah, this is definitely one of those rides. Like I said, I haven't been on the ventures for ten. It gets years. overlooked. But what, from what I hear as it well, does. though, it's definitely one of those. A lot of people go, oh, go back to the original. No. From all the fans' point of view, this is definitely they praise the adventure continues versus the original. Yeah, no, it's not a knock on the original yep. either. I think it's more no. of a, they took something great and made it exceptional. Evolved. And yeah, made it exceptional. The great. technology has clearly grown. The fact that a, a ride technology from 1989 lasted 30 years oh, is gosh, pretty yes. impressive. Or 25 years, whatever it was. Especially but, without any upgrade on the video. Yeah, right. So it it is 3D, by the way. Too, you do get some 3D yes. goggles. It is 3D. I don't think we mentioned that. the The adventures continue. Jay, was the original in 3D, or was it all? I, I know believe Body the Wars. original was 3D. Was. I know. I know Body Wars is. I'm pretty was. sure the original was. Yeah, but I, I know for a fact Star Tours: The Adventures Continue is 3D. Yes. And as with most Disney rides, it empties out into a gift shop, which in this case is called Tatooine Traders. There's a lot of different stuff in there. In fact, there's one part of the Star Tours ride where Vader says, you've got a rebel spy on your your ship. And then it points out some random person in the audience. And they have a shirt that says, I am the rebel spy in there. They've got your uh, your Star Wars, your uh, lightsaber building areas, your droid areas. They got lots of different memorabilia and stuff you can get in there. It's just your normal. Uh, um, I'm sorry, brain fart here. Um, your your normal normal Star Wars gift shop. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I got to tell you, I do of everything that we talked about and how much we all love this little area of the park. It's a small little corner area of the park. Star Wars really in general. It is this shop. Bring small and congested to a whole new level. Oh gosh, yes, <laughs> it's unbelievable how tight it is. And, and you think Star Tours, Star Wars, sorry, Star Wars is such a big franchise. This store is tiny, which is also brings up the uh, the launch bay on the opposite side of the uh, facility, which is yes. actually, in my opinion, a much better store. It's much more. It flows much better. It's got some some really really nice uh, souvenirs that you can get in there. In fact, I've got the uh, the Disney Parks Kylo Ren saber hanging up on my wall that I got in there, and I've got the um, lightsaber hilt lamp sitting here in my room with me. But they've got um, they've got a couple of actual full size armors on display in there. They've got phone cases. They've got pieces of artwork. You name it, it's in this store, and it's a much better flow than Tatooine Traders. They've now, also got meet and greets over there with Kylo Ren, BB-8, and Chewbacca. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go on on a limb and say I don't think this lasts once Black Spire Outpost opens. But let's see yeah, that. probably not. Yeah, I don't think so either. But because I think honestly, if you talk question, about it, it's a lot of area. What do they put there? No, no, no. See, you guys aren't thinking fourth dimensionally. So where that goes right now is the backside of Walt Disney One Man's Dream, or right. whatever they're calling it now. Walt Disney Presents. It used to be that, the uh, animators also, area, but that is also the corner of Toy Story Land where they're putting the new restaurant. There True. you go. Yeah, that so, is true. And it's not taking that building over, but that's going to be, because if you go further and around, that's where the new Lightning McQueen place is. I'm telling you right now, 
Andrew will tell you Marvel is coming. I'm telling you that it's going to be Pixar City around around that area. No, we that, already, that's what it's going to end up being. We already said that Marvel's going to come if ever Star Wars. I'm sorry, Indiana Jones stunt show. Well, we had that conversation today. We did. Yeah. We figure. I don't want to say imminently, but I would say from where Backlot Express is through the Indiana Jones Theater and over probably around Echo Lake a little bit, if they ever figure out the deal with Universal, Andrew is more bullish on that prospect than I am because why waste the money when you're getting paid for people to go on your rides elsewhere? Right. At the end of the day, let's go on the assumption that they're going to get the Marvel license for the parks on this side of the Mississippi, Okay. I think that's a perfect corner of the park for it. I, the Backlot Express does nothing. It's lost where it is now. And they're already, Indiana Jones is already closing. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, so, I, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. And so, it'll be yep. very interesting to see. I, I don't know if that means we lose Star Tours once everything is uh, operational. I, I, I don't know that. I, I, I don't. Uh, but tough. it's very weird where it is right now because you have... The Muppet Courtyard in the middle of the two, which, again, I spoiler alert, I, I believe we're talking Muppet Courtyard in a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's it's weird because it's right outside the weird, gates almost. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's literally it's right outside odd. the gates. And, well, until we see what the entrance actually looks like. Again, I, I do caution that the gate setup they have right now probably isn't going to be the entrance. I, I, it will I be was the there entrance. just back in March. Those gates, they seem small. But when you actually look at it, it's it's fairly large. It may still be that same gate that's there, but it right. very possibly could change. It's also very odd that they put that little like writer's coffee shop. It, it's just it's so odd that it whole really corner is. of the park. Yeah. Because then if you go further through Muppet Courtyard and around the back of uh, of Galaxy's Edge, which takes you to the backside of, I, I guess in this instance, Toy Story Land. If I'm remembering correctly, they have uh, Mama Melrose Ristorante Italiano that no one even knows is there anymore because there's nothing open in the back it, lot. There's nothing over there. It, no, it's you're just, right. It's bizarre. There's a little Christmas store. There's like it's so weird the dichotomy of that corner of the park. Uh, you wonder how big Galaxy's Edge becomes. Does it take over that whole side of the park? Uh, that's the question. And I think that's I wouldn't a concern. be surprised. Oh, I think it's a concern too. I think it. It could be too much of a good thing. And, and then what does it do with Muppets? Because Muppets right. are stuck right there. Well, the old saying is too much of a good thing can be wonderful. What I, would do, what I would do is I would expand Muppet Courtyard, like we just said, back. And right. it would be the break off. I would expand it back. But again, well, I, we're again, we're, we're squirrel moment here. We're off on a tangent. But the Muppets, to me, to Jay, to Andrew, we hold them dear to our heart. Yes. Are they putting asses in the seats either? And that that's the question. I'll let you know that's in a week. Legitimately the question. I'm gonna tell you the answer is no. I was there in December. It was a pretty good show. I mean, it was a good showing. The movie is in terrible condition. Yes. The theater is in terrible condition. I was there back in March and when Sweetums comes out, oh yeah. P- it's, Pizza the costume Rizzo. is in terrible condition. Half the time Statler and Waldorf, God oh, yeah. love them. They don't move like they should. When Bean no. Bunny shows up on the opposite side, he's very rarely moving like he should. It's in terrible disarray for what that originally was. Right, and now the, the Muppet Studio store is is not that. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's it's, it's not even Muppet memorabilia and, and, and anymore. Pizza Rizzo 
was open. It's only open seasonal now. Well, yeah, it was open for less than six months full time. Like, oh, we we done screwed this one up, guys. <laughs> but, well, it's open. Is it open now? It opens next week. It opens. Yeah, but it's seasonal. It was open. It was open for state. They, they put all this yeah. money into this. Now, see, I, oh god, we're, no, we're, we're oh, doing we're gonna, it. Yeah, let's next let's time. We'll, we'll, let's go back to Star Wars. <laughs> All right, so next we're going to be talking about the Jedi training Trials of the Temple, which, honestly, there's not a whole lot of difference from the original training. Yeah, it's just been yeah, updated a, a little bit. It's a spiritual successor with newer it characters. Is. Yeah, it that's is. all it is. They, all they did was uh, they updated the characters. Like I said, you've got Darth Maul that comes out. Sometimes you'll see the Seventh Sister or Asajj Ventress. Um, there's really not a whole lot of changes here. This, I think they changed it from... Darth Maul coming out to Kylo Ren back in 2016. Yeah, like yeah, I said, yeah. we pretty much covered this already. Agreed. Yeah, I mean oh. it's the same concept. You you got a you, you got a diploma. Yeah, yeah, right. And another thing is, if, if if you ever been uh, to Hollywood Studios in the last few years, you're gonna see the March of the First Order. It's unavoidable, um, and it, it's 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 really cool. To it's see. unavoidable. It's just- this is pretty. It's a negative way to say that. Well, I don't mean it. I don't mean it negative. Oh, it's unavoidable. You're screwed. I, I don't know. I, I kind of enjoy it. Uh, well, it happens seven times a day. Um, it's a little. It's a quasi parade. It, it, it's, it's Captain Phasma comes out and her squadron marched through Hollywood Boulevard. Which let me say, it. Captain Phasma got the shaft in the movies. They had such a great character, and they really didn't do much with her. No. Oh, yeah, no, I, I think agree. back what I said about Darth Maul being the most underutilized villain in Star Wars. Absolutely. I think that's my if, if, if you watch the cartoons, Darth Maul has done way more justice in there in, in uh, the Clone Wars, and he appears in Rebels as well. So. Uh, after the March of the First Order, that goes right into Star Wars, a galactic spectacular. It's a show based on the sh- the seer- the all the movies. It's got a bunch of um, of characters that come out and are introduced along with fireworks and projection, lasers, fog, all the the good stuff. During this, the uh, imagery is projected onto the Chinese theater, the facade surrounding the building, and the park's uh, hub, Hollywood Boulevard. Showed came out in late 2016, which replaced the uh, the the Symphony of the Stars Galactic Spectacular. But it's I've been there, I've seen it. It is absolutely a sight to be seen. Oh yeah, it's solid. It's a well done show, Jay. It it is. It, it's, I, Andrew, I, I, I don't know, Andrew. Have you seen it? I don't. I know. I don't know that you've seen it. I, have, I, I know have you're not. an early morning guy. You said Zoe, and I think it. I want to say this show though. Now, oh god, I, I honestly think that they're doing this show after the animation show. So I want to say this show doesn't go on till almost nine thirty. Well, it's like, like I so, said, my plan is to to try to go back out to some of the parks at oh, night. Oh, but see, to see I, some I, of I would, I would, uh, if you couldn't. I know Zoe. God bless her. I love Zoe. I do. But if you could get her, I think she would enjoy it. If you if you said she does like. Star Wars, it's a great show. I think she would really, really enjoy it. But that's a big ask. I know that you guys are real morning people more so than, than me and my family. But um, it's, it's. I think she would really, really give it a good time. Uh, you could, hey, you could even go to the Galactic Spectacular Dessert Party, Andrew. Because you take this for seventy nine bucks for seventy nine bucks, Andrew. You could get desserts and drinks and a reserved viewing area for this show and get best news. You got a commemorative lanyard. <laughs> Woo! Well, I think the best part of this, amazing. though, is, and, and I think the best part of this is, you get reserved seating at this now. Now, it wasn't always that way. 
at these nighttime shows, it was kind of you got herded in like cattle and you get told to stand there. This, I, if my memory serves me correctly, you get reserved seating for the show. Yes, There's, you well, do. And, I, and I'll say, like I said, I was there back in March. I've seen this show before. You've got to get good seating, although there really isn't a bad seat no, in the house, isn't. just depending on where you're at. You may get a, get blocked by a couple of trees here and there, but it's it's pretty easily seen almost anywhere. Yeah, I would say, Andrew, and especially if you go by yourself, pick me up one of those Cosmic Citrus Twists or the Lightspeed ah. Margarita. Yeah. Blue uh, milk. See, see, well, relax, we'll get to the blue milk, and you know we're going to get to the blue milk. <laughs> Ultimately, uh, Galactic Punch, Cosmic Citrus Twist, and the Lightspeed Margarita are all included in that 79 bucks. And just so we're clear, the bartenders do accept tips. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, couple, they do it. Throw a couple credits their way, they'll be happy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and they and they do a good job. At least they're trying to give you some um, some names and try to make the theme. You know, you also have the the lunar lemonade, um, the jettison juice. Yeah, listen, if you go with Zoe, there you go. She can have those. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the last part here is you know playing off that Star Wars theme, right? They're treated to you know tasty selection of galactic food as well, right? So um, you have the BB-8 lemon flavored option, oh, Darth Vader gosh. chocolate peanut butter. <laughs> Okay, so so lemon-flavored cupcakes? I don't know. It seems ambitious. And freeze-fried, freeze-fried Nutella. Fried Nutella <laughs> truffle. There you go. You got truffles again. They're big. Truffles are big in Florida right now. They are. I, I've actually had both the BB-8 and the Darth Vader uh, cupcakes. They are absolutely delicious. Can we talk about for a second how excited I would be to try the warm bread pudding? <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, I've, I'm really not much for bread pudding, but the last time we went, when my wife and I went back in, in March, I had the bread pudding at Ohana, and I absolutely loved it. Can't you just so, give me a hot dog or something and call it, you know, a lightsaber hot dog and just call it a day? Oh, yes. You know, that's all I'm looking for. I don't need your fancy cupcakes, <laughs> your parfaits and your fruits and your cheeses. Please, give me a pretzel. Give me a hot dog. I'm good. So I misspoke earlier. I said that uh, the Galactic Spectacular is right after the march of the First Order. I'm sorry. I already have that that in my notes to fact check for next week. I'm going to (laughs) cross it off. Thank you. So what what it actually is, is after the march of the First Order, you have the Galaxy Far, Far Away show. It shows a ton of the Star Wars characters. They all come out on stage. You see Boba Fett. He fires his gun, and you see a fireworks shoot off. Begins with the screen rising in the middle of the stage while clips play from all seven of the movies. Eight now, I'm sure they've got it updated. Yeah. You'll see C-3PO and R2-D2. You'll see Chewbacca, Darth Maul, Vader, Boba Fett, Captain Phasma, Kylo Ren. And actually, when I, like I said, when I went back in March, we were walking behind the stage while the show was going on. I thought it was a cool little, uh, little aside there. We actually saw the stormtroopers that were not on stage were making patrols behind the stage to ensure that nobody was coming up behind the stage to try and, you know, maybe sneak on or get get up there. But they were patrolling. It was kind of cool to see. Yeah, you know, I think my favorite part is when that little ball of hate BB-8 comes up <laughs> and uh, creates, you know, completes the completes the cycle, if you will. Um, yes. It's no surprise. I love BB-8. I love I, Similar to R2-D2. I you don't understand what they're saying, but you can tell they're sarcastic little bastards. You know that? I oh, mean, gosh, so. Yes. Well, it, it's the it, only. It, the, it, both R2D2 and BB8, 
if we really want to get honest, they're the most foul-mouthed creatures in the the entire gal- galaxy because yes. everything they say gets beeped out. So that is correct. So I'm going to throw a scroll moment at you. What do you guys think of the new droid? Uh, what is his name? Dio? Well, yeah, I know who you're talking about. He's he's a, essentially a, a secret droid. He's just got his own personality. D- does K2SO count as a, as a droid? Oh, oh yes. yes. He's fun. He's Alan fun. Poitic. Yes, he's fun. Also, the voice of Hey Hey, or this is the true. sound yeah. of Hey Hey. Or if you're it. a fan of Dodgeball, he is Steve, Steve the, the Pirate. Steve the Pirate. Gar. Oh. Gar. <laughs> oh, that's a good movie. I just thought of uh, it. Never mind. Dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. That's right. <laughs> Have you seen Steve? Who's Steve? You know, the guy that's always dressed as a pirate. You have a pirate? All Star right, Wars: The Path of the Jedi, which is a show that's going on. I it may be seasonal at this point. I'm not 100, percent but it's just a a 14 minute film that goes through clips of all the movies up to now. Kind of just gives you a little bit of uh, uh, just a an update to get you on time or on track for what's coming up. You've got the authentic photo ops, which is the uh, AT outside of Star Tours or the AT-AT, however you want to say it. A little bit of both. The speeder bike outside of Star Tours, actually, when I was there in March, they had removed the speeder bike. So that maybe they're going to put it somewhere else. But as of right now, I believe that's actually gone. I thought it was out for refurb, Jay. But again, I'll do some. We'll do some more research and get back uh, get back with you guys on that. It, that it, it may be coming well, back. Yeah, kind of what they do with the uh, camels that Andrew loves so much. Yes, right. Well, uh, it does involve water, so he's uh, kind of like a cat. That's right. That's right. Oh. Well, but my yeah. favorite, my favorite authentic photo lot that they give you though is at Star Wars Launch Bay, where yes. they have—I don't want to say a full-scale replica of the cantina scene, but it's you know it's it's, it's a pretty good scale replica of the it cantina is. scene. Which uh, also it, you can, uh, that's one we haven't mentioned yet. You can actually meet and trade items with the Jawas in that exact area. Houtini, Houtini, Houtini. Filthy creatures. Houtini. On top of that, we've got the, the Void Experience, which is uh, Secrets of the Empire. I know I spoke about this on a uh, previous episode, so I won't go into detail. But make sure you stop by. This is down at um, Disney Springs. It's in the back half of Once Upon a Toy. They they closed the back half of Once Upon a Toy and made it into the, the Void experience. They've got Secrets of the Empire, which they've also got a Wreck-It Ralph show that's going to be taking place in there. I don't know if it's debuted yet. I think yeah, it has. Yeah, Wreck-It Ralph's playing, and I think we're getting a Frozen one when yes. Frozen comes out. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's actually um, episode one, going back about seven weeks. Episode one was when we talked about The Void. Jay did, Jay right. did a, I don't want to say a full recap of it, but, but gave you a pretty in-depth look at what that entails. And I will say, I was told by the, uh, the, the actual operator there, the experience is canonical. It takes place right before uh, Rogue One in the series. Now, you do want to make an appointment for that, right, Jay? Yes, you have to make an appointment. Usually, I think they go, they do a, a show every 15 minutes, but you do need to make an appointment. You can actually do that through the website. You can buy your tickets and your appointment time through the website, and then just go up, and they check you in when you get there. Nice, nice. nice. And how, do you know how many, how many people at a time can go through that? 
It's four. Well, each I think they do like a group. Uh, they can do sixteen, but you go in in groups of four. Okay, that cool. Magic number again. 16. Yeah, because when I went, it was me and my two girls, and because there was only one slot open, they just left that slot that slot that spot open, and we just went in as a group of three, just three of us. Okay, cool. They've also got the Galactic Outpost at Disney Springs on the west side. It's just another um, gift shop, just like any others. It's just one of those that you can go without having to go into the parks. Yep, nice. Yeah, they got um, all sorts of trinkets there. I mean, it's 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 uh, toys, yeah, yeah. apparel, random collectibles, anything about some film cells, some autograph stuff. Yep. For pretty neat stuff, but again not what you're going to find in the future at Black Spire Outpost. Agreed. So so that that that's all the stuff that's happening now. We talked about the past. I think now we're going to talk about what we're all excited for, what I'm super excited for. Um and that's what is coming to Walt Disney World and Disneyland, uh the future of all Star Wars related things. And the first thing that we want to tell you about is the amazing score that John Williams wrote for the land. Uh, uh, so we're going to play a little bit of a clip for you right now. And, you know, you guys can just listen to it for a little bit. And, and then we're going to start diving right into the future. So that, that music right there you just heard is, and it's going to continue to play so you guys listen to it. It's it's pretty much, you can hear it anywhere, right? I know I listened to it today on my uh, my Google Play. I think it's on Spotify. It's on um, iTunes, iTunes. Or Apple Music. It's everywhere. You, it's everywhere. Yeah. So and it is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. So if you like yeah, it's a great hear, sound. It's, it, it's epic. It fits right in. I mean, it fits perfectly. Yeah. Um, so, so some quick background, if you live under a rock, um, Walt Disney World and Disneyland has been uh, designing and building Galaxy's Edge for, for the last couple of years now. And um, we're only weeks away from it opening in Disneyland, California. Right. So it opens up May 31st. Uh, we'll be able to get the inside edge on some, some info and hear a lot more about it. But we have a ton of info to provide now. Um, and... Disney World, um, it will be open in Hollywood Studios on August 29th. So I know there's a lot of people out there that are nervous because I they made reservations in September trying to beat the opening to avoid the crowds. Um, I think we've talked about it before. Don't let that ruin your trip or experience. Um, it's going to still be a fantastic time. And like we talked about, they're doing the extra, extra magic hours. Um, it will, You'll get through it. Stay tuned, folks. I've yes. already talked to my wife. I may be making a special trip down there so I can give you guys a little bit of an extra scoop as well as, you know, just feed my own fandom. Absolutely. And that's something, Jay, keep me updated. I might have to meet you down there. All right. Uh, uh, Jay, will you be uh, driving down or flying down? Oh, we'll be driving. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, good. 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 I just wanted uh, to clarify. Uh, yeah, it's about an eight-hour drive. So, yeah, there's no need to, to fly. Just the car ride away. Yep. Uh, so, uh, 
like Bubba mentioned earlier, there's there's the first wave of comets came out a couple weeks ago, um, and it kind of ties in what uh, the Blatt Spire outposts kind of is, right, Bub? I mean, it kind of tells you. It doesn't talk too much about Galaxy's Edge, but it definitely. Why don't you, Why don't you tell us a little bit about I guess the Blatt Spire outpost and what it is to the land. Um, Black Spire Outpost has actually been in the extended universe for many, many years now. It's essentially just the hub for all the smugglers. Yep, true. Um, so some other really quick facts I wanted to throw out there was, so each park, uh, well, each land rather, cost $1 billion each to build. So Disney is, is well invested. They're putting $2 billion into this. Um and I'll tell you what, they didn't make that money back very, very quickly, very easily. So, yes, so, hand over fist. So just like <laughs> the Disney guys love telling you about bat stories on these lands that we all uh, share with each other, uh, Galaxy's Edge does have quite the the cool, unique uh, bat story, right? So if you don't know, Galaxy's Edge, as we mentioned, is it takes place on the planet Batu, um, and it, what it is, it's really about. The first order landed there, and they have they've been there for some quite some time, um, and now the resistance landed, and I think the story goes about they've been there for about a week. So the first order is really established there. They have a lot of their camps set up. Um, they're kind of really stationed there with um, stationary you know items, versus the resistance is more of a, a camp where they can get up and leave, and they're kind of hiding. Um, so they're they're both on this planet for a reason that we don't really all know about yet, right? So it, it's it, they're there for something. Um, maybe we'll find out in the Rise of Skywalker, or, or maybe not. Maybe it's it's going to be a little different or independent, but um, they're there for something. Whether it's a material, an item, um, we don't we don't really know. Now the cool thing is, is there's there's tons of before we even get into the attractions and rides, right? They want this to feel like an experience. They want you, when you walk through those gates, it's supposed to be you're on another planet. It's supposed to smell different. It's supposed to look different. Um, you're going to see things in different languages. Um, if you want to go get a you know, a bottle of Coke, you're not getting a bottle of Coke, right? You're going to get it in like a canteen. And it's um, going to have Galactic Basic Coca-Cola spelled out in Galactic Basic on it. Yes. Um, yeah. So, you know, so, Jay, if you do go down, you're going to have to get me one and ship one to me as a collector's item. I need one. Absolutely, oh, I, I'll do yeah. it for you. <laughs> um, so the point is, is you're supposed to be immersing yourself into this this universe that's that is interactive. It's not supposed to be like anything that we we know about or have ever seen before. They've um, said that there's going to be stormtroopers roaming free, as well as lots of other characters that you can interact with, not just um, uh, you know Disney people and and clothing that looks similar to Star Wars. Uh, pilots and such, you're going to actually have characters roaming around and interacting with you on a regular basis, no, including see, see, droids. See, you guys aren't thinking fourth dimensional. You guys are terrible Disney storytellers. To both <laughs> of you. They're not. They're not actors. No, no, no. These are citizens of the Black Spire Outpost. This is true. You are yep. interacting with citizens. You aren't at Disney Hollywood Studios. You are at the Black Spire Outpost. Right. Don't call it. Don't call it Star Wars Land, guys. It is the Black Spire Outpost on Batu. That's where you are. Okay, that's what you're doing. You are interacting. When we get into the stores and the restaurants, you are going into not yep. Disney-owned properties. Although, let's be you're honest, going into are, galactic. But properties. you are going into 
Uh, let's see, Olga's Cantina. You're going into Olga's Cantina. You're going to the yep. Docking Bay 7, uh, where they're set up. Uh, these are all things, you, real places, not not little, little popcorn stands. It, it's it's an interactive, and Andrew's big in interactivity. I know, Jay, you, it's interactive yep. times a thousand. And we'll so, get into yeah. that. And before we get into the interactivity, I want to I want to first talk about the two attractions because I think if we start there, it's going to lead us into that, and it's going to make more right. sense, right? So, like Bob just said, well, like he didn't say, but. The, the first ride is the Millennium. No, I said it. We said it offline. This is well, the, the the first attraction that's going to open. I think there's a lot of misrepresentation or misunderstanding absolutely. of what we're getting. Yeah. Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run ride is going to be open in August. Okay. It, it's a, I, again think about it in terms of Mission Space meets Toy Story uh, Mania right. meets. Meets Star Tours, Astro Blast, Astro Blasters meets meets Star Tours, but dialed up to eleven. That's what we're getting, and it's it's skill based. It is because you're going to need points. You need to work together as six different uh, guests per ride vehicle, and your performance will uh, affect how the citizens interact with you when you get off the attraction. Absolutely, and you could be you know you could be the pilot, you could be a gunner. I think you'd be an engineer. Yeah, I think um, so. But I think all that's types that, of... when we say six guests, I think it's split up three and three. So I think Agreed. there's right. two pilots or, or a pilot and a co-pilot type thing, two gunners, and then either an en- two engineers or two mechanic, whatever they are. Right. Uh, so that's where we get the, the uh, mission space reference in and there. And now, the ride is, like Bubba said, it's going to react to how you perform. So right. if, if you are going through, let's say, an asteroid field, and you, you may hit, hit the asteroid if the pilot does not do a good enough job to avoid those. You're going to hit the gunner those. doesn't destroy them. Yes, which means right. now the engineer is going to have to repair your ship, or else it's going right. to directly but, affect your your, so, your ride experience. To a point, to a point, it will. But I, I did again read up a little bit on this attraction, and it's not going to be where you get on for three seconds and you crash your ship. No, That's right. not going to happen. No, 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 no. You're going to get the full experience. It's just it's it's going to be. I don't want to say a different experience each time, depending on who you go with. But it, it but it is going to be to the point where when you get off your Millennium oh, yeah. Falcon and They're you're walking say, out of the exit, terrible pilot. But it's also going to show the hallway you walk down is either going to have holes and or or damage or it's right. going to look sparkling new. It's literally right. getting to the details of how your ship looks after you get off the ride. Which is right. where the huge difference in mission space is. Mission space, you can go on there, not hit the buttons, hit the buttons, pull the levers. It has it no does, effect yeah. on the outcome of the ride. This is going to be a little different, and I'm excited for it. Absolutely. But we have to separate the two, because while this ride sounds great, and we all are hyped for it, it's the Millennium Falcon. Rise of the Ris- it's Resistance. It is the lesser of the attractions you're getting. Rise of the Resistance, I heard the full experience, the people I talk to and read, going to be close to 45 minutes. Right. I, 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 I heard that, too. So, this, I mean, not, Rise of the Resistance is going to be a ride. Right. But it is a ride, but it's a mixed media presentation, Jay. I believe, like we had talked about, it's a walking tour a little bit. Right. It's, it's trackless. A trackless. It's a dark, dark ride. ride. It's, it's everything. 
Yes, this it, is the game-changing attraction here. This is what it's, I'm excited for. Yeah, it's not like, Smuggler's Run. It's not Millennium Falcon. It's the game-changing ride. While that'll be great and fun, and I don't want to say lip service to to, to the nerds out there, right. that's what it is. Rise of the Resistance is the game changer here. That's the one that you want. That is the ride that changes everything. Right. It's going to have is, your proje- screen projections, your animatronics. It's going to have physical effects. Guests will be in the middle of a uh, battle between the First Order, including the Stormtroopers and the Resistance. Yeah, It's going to have an eight-seat ride vehicle known as the First Order Fleet Transport. It's the flagship attraction. This is really going to be yeah, this the, is the one, experience. Guys. This yep. is the one. And I, listen, I'll admit that as big of a Star Wars fan as I am, Jay, you're the bigger Star Wars fan of the three of us, Extended <laughs> Universe and everything. That, that's not in question. When we were researching this, and I said to my wife, you know, Megan, I don't, I don't want to go right away. I want to give it time. We, we, uh, we kind of gave Pandora, I, I want to say, a year and a half before, before we went. Toy Story Land, we did six or seven months after it, eight months after it opened or so. I, I wanted to give this more time, but the more I read about it and the, the more, more I want to be there, it's I like, I'm ready. I'm it, man. I am Jones. And, I am the other Jones part of this is we don't even know when this is opening. Right. So right. When, once right. Galaxy Edges opens, the only attraction would be the Smuggler's Run. This ride will not be open and we don't have a date yet. So that's interesting, right? Because I, I think I honestly don't think it's going to be too long after they open that they're going to have not me either. I Rise will tell you this right now. My projection, my own projection, is you will see this open by Columbus Day. I'm sure. Which, for those yeah. of you keeping score at home, is the second Monday in October. I, so yeah. I think it's the 13th or 14th of this year in October. Yep. That's, that's what I would project it at. I would say somewhere in that neighborhood. That's what I would say. Right. And the other big thing to announce with these rides is they're actually testing out what they consider to be a queueless digital line. So essentially yeah. what you're going to do oh, is you're going to walk up here. It's, it's kind of, you're going to have kind of a fast pass thing. You're going to go up there and you're going to get your, your time to come back. And it's not exactly clear, but from what I understand, what I've read so far, they're going to have what they consider a holding area where they mm-hmm. may be entertainment, you know, maybe a, a little bit of storytelling while you wait. And then the entire group goes in together at the same time to right. experience the ride. So, Jay, I think that holding area thing, and we, we haven't really talked about their digital apps yet, but there's a Disney Play app yes. that interacts with different queues in the park. That's going to be huge, so I would, I would save up, get a solar charger or uh, some rocket fuel, uh, the rocket rods there, <laughs> randomly throughout the park that they get you know, 20 bucks for an instant charge. Um, so that's going to have games, interactivity. Uh, and it's with- actually got, uh, from what I understand, the Disney Play app, We'll have it so that as soon as you walk into Galaxy's Edge, you immediately yeah. go ahead and take a take a side, whether it's with the Resistance or the yep. Empire, and, and you again, can I interact think... with everything within the park based on it what does. goes in the app. So, so yeah, and, and some examples of that it was is like you said exactly that you got to pick which one you want, right? And like we said, the First Order is established; they've been on, uh, they've been at the Black Spire Outpost for quite some time, so. As we know, well, the nerds know Star Wars language all bashes out there. So there'll be there'll be Star Wars all best language on walls that you can only, mm. you know, translate 
through the yeah, app. Decipher. Right. Right. Um, yeah, and I think and, the app is going to be strictly Star Wars when you're in the general vicinity. I don't think absolutely. it's going to be necessarily yep. Disney Play. I think it's going to be an accompaniment to the land itself, similar right. to how it'll have the Yaru Bash or the uh, yeah. Galactic Basic, whatever you want to yeah. call it. Similar it's the same to them thing. not being it'll cast have a members, they're right going to be citizens, right? I think yeah. the app itself will be, you know, again, GPS based. Heaven help us, but, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, 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 with, and we're on the topic. I think we should just continue to talk about this. But the other things they're going to be doing is, again, um, there will be first order established security cameras throughout, throughout the right. two. And what you'll be able to do is, as the resistance, you, you can deactivate those security cameras. But as the First Order, you can reactivate them. So it's going to be that ongoing battle when you walk up to something, you can use your Almost app. Almost to and- a certain extent, if you ever played Ingress when it first came out, yep, that was a great app. It's going to be very similar to that, which if you know the uh, evolution of Ingress, it, it later becomes, it later became Pokemon Go. Yep. But it's very similar to what you've got with, with Ingress, where you're constantly activating and deactivating stuff within the park. So, so what I really want to dive into is what, what is really intriguing to me is it's going to get to the point that the more you stay in Galaxy's Edge, the more people learn about you. So, right. for example, this it, it knows. Did you pick Resistance? Did you pick First Order? When you go on Smuggler's Run, did you successfully complete your mission or did you partially complete it? Did you have a flawless run? Did you get injured? And when you go, you know, to go... Buy some blue milk if that's what you want to go for. They're going to know. They're going to say, oh, hey, uh, hey, Jason, I saw you crash the Millennium Falcon a little earlier. Right. They're going to physically know those things. That that baffles me. That's oh. absolutely crazy. But it, it's, it's awesome amazing what RFID time. technology does. Right. So they're gonna, you're going to go on to the, the resistance, right? And they're, they're going to they're gonna have all that info. They're going to say, hey, you just bought a lightsaber over there. They're gonna they're gonna know right. all this information. It's, it's it's all connected. You you're not really talking to cast members and actors. Like Bubba said earlier, you're talking to Batuans. You're talking to the residents that are living on the sure that's on, a word. Uh, that is the correct word. I think Jason can back me up on that. Uh, but again, it it's this is this is you're there and it's an experience. You're not like Bubba said. I keep saying it. You're not just visiting Disney World. They want you to really believe you're you're on a different planet. At um, least for four hours, because that's as much time as you're going to be allowed. Right, you get right. Four hours they are limiting you. First. Yep. So back to the four-hour thing. Let's talk about Digital Line Queue, where we originally started on. Because I have an issue. I, I think this is going to be a failed system. I, I, I don't see how this is, is going to work. Uh, I really don't. I, I don't see how you're going to be able to go up there and get a number and just get on a ride. I can see people going up there at 10 a.m., just like the old days, fast pass. Sorry, sold out for the day. I. I and then you're going to have the people that don't understand it or are anxious, right? So they're going to get you this digital number like you do when you go to the deli market, let's say, <laughs> but digital. And they're going to say, okay, you're number 100. We're on. We're serving number two. And they're going to say, okay, I'll wait right here. And then they say, no, you can't wait here. You don't walk around and come back. They're not going to get that because it's so new. And we all know how new people, new, you know, these new changes adapt to people. And right. Like, well, people no, are I, gonna I don't, I don't they get it. it. I'm in. I want to go on the ride. I want to get in line. And, and it's just, it's going to, it's going to take some time. I'm not saying it's going to fail as a whole, but it, it's right. going to fail in the beginning in my eyes. And I, I think it's going to be a hard thing to adjust for people. I truly do. No, see, 
you're again, you're not thinking fourth dimensionally again. <laughs> it's not, they're, they're only letting a set number of people in at a time. And that's, that's where the four hour window comes into play. And I right. agree with you. There will be hiccups with the system when it first starts. But when they have that but, limit of how many people are allowed in there, if they limit it's going to be X a lot amount of people. They limit X amount of people, even if it's even if it's ten thousand people in the area at one time, which I, it's not so, going to be. So let's put this up. Let's say it's let's say it's ten thousand people. The mm. operational capacity of these rides are probably what nine hundred an hour. So my point is, no, 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 no. I think it's closer capacity, to eighteen hundred an hour. Yeah, the operational it? capacity will be close to two thousand. So two thousand. So that's and again, we don't have all the numbers here. We're we're speculating, right? But my point is, is every single person wants to go on that ride. Okay. You're not going to be able to. So they're going to get to a point. So, where so, all right. So they're going to take operational capacity and say, we can let 6,000 people in every batch and we can get this many people through the ride. It's, it's math, Andrew. You're an engineer. You know that math is a big part of this. It's not like they're letting I know, but people it, in the area, Andrew. I, I don't understand why you're so worked up about it. And don't get me wrong, I understand that it's it's going to be busy initially, but they are they know that this is going to be huge, and I'm sure they're taking that into account, and they want to make no. sure that everybody gets to go in there. If you want to say the people in Disneyland are hoes, that's fine. But see, I think <laughs> that I think that Hollywood Studios benefits greatly, even though the system is a little bit different uh, due due to spatial concerns. Disneyland is nowhere near the size of. Of Orlando, of of Walt Disney World itself, so they can they can harbor more people, and and I believe that the area surrounding the land in in Disneyland, uh, the Black Spire Outpost in Disneyland, is a little more congested than it's going to be at the studios right now. Um, I I think again, simple math: if it's four thousand people get through the ride per whatever it is. And that's what they're going to let in for the four hours. I, okay, I, I think I, it's just, I can see that. I, I mean, right. I, I don't think they're going to let ten thousand people in and say, "Okay, only you two thousand people can ride this ride." That's it. I don't think they're going to do that. Um, I, I, great news. Guess... Side note. Side note. For those of you, I know you're all screaming, saying, "What if I got to take a leak?" Well, <laughs> they actually have that built in. They're going to have bathroom passes available for you if you're in the. If you get into like Rise of the Resistance, you're gonna have the holding area. You're gonna be able to get a bathroom pass to go to go use a restroom wherever and, you need. To and now, it. from what I understand, Smallest Run also has their holding area where you're inside the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, actually, you can play uh, the Hollow Chests. Hollow yep. Chests, and uh, you can you can kind of do all that stuff that you see in the movie. So that that's right. a cool. Th- I know for a lot of people, that is something that they're looking forward to. Now, like we said, yeah, every kid's dream is to be on the Millennium Falcon. But for me, and like, like Bob said. The rise of the resistance is the ride to be on. That, yeah. That's that's game changing stuff. All right, let's start out with the restaurants we're gonna see. We're gonna go to Oga's Cantina, which is a limited capacity bar serving alcoholic beverages. Yes, even at Disneyland, mocktails and other drinks, including the blue milk. Uga's Cantina will be mostly standing room. With <laughs> Jay has waited 35 years for this moment, folks. Absolutely. There was a point in time a couple years ago, I think it was right after they debuted the uh, the, the Galactic Spectacular, they had a what they called a blue milkshake, which they never exactly alluded that it was the blue milk from Star Wars, but never didn't say that it wasn't. 
It was absolutely amazing. It was a uh, a blue raspberry slushy mixed with vanilla ice cream mixed in. Oh, so good. All right. <laughs> Anyways, so it's going to have a, a restriction on how long guests can linger, and it will be likely enforced by the stormtroopers. Captain Rex is going to be there, a Speedster 3000 pilot from Star Tours. There also is going to be a DJ. Yeah, I know. I think Captain Rex is going to be the DJ. I think Captain Rex, yeah, he was your pilot um, in the original Star Wars, and he still might be the pilot. I I don't think he is, is he? He's not the pilot anymore. In the original Star Tours, he was the pilot. Again, Synergy's a lovely thing. Uh, Captain Rex will be there. uh, He's spinning at Olga's Cantina. Right, exactly. I think that's going to be a good time. I'm excited about it. Not as excited as I am about Docking Bay 7, Food and Cargo. Um, It's going to be the main option, at least initially when the land opens up or or when... Yeah, well, you know, let's call it when the land opens up. That it, it is going to be the main dining option. It's going to be counter service. Um, going to have indoor and outdoor seating. No menus released yet, but I would definitely think it's going to be some alien type foods, uh, not hamburgers and hot dogs, not the right. uh, not the standard cuisine. Think um, Trader Sam's or or the Satuli Canteen in Pandora and along those lines. Not to say the food will be like you know. Uh, uh, you know, edible flowers, but I, I right, think it'll right. be. I think it'll be a little bit more. I don't want to say healthy, but I think it's going to be something I'm not maybe. a place I'm not going to eat. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but um, I'm excited to see that because uh, I I really actually enjoy uh, the canteen at Pandora. I like the the design and the setup. I was like a mess hall, so I yeah. do like that type of of atmosphere. So I think it's gonna be a good time. I've eaten there a couple of times. I agree, it's cool. It's different. Like you said, you didn't know what you're ordering, but um. Yeah, it, it's 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 excited because you, you you it's like you're trying something new from a different planet essentially, yeah. right? And I think yep. that's what they go for. Yeah, again, it goes back it goes back here. to the immersion of the land. It goes right. back to it being. Yep. You're, you're visiting Batu. You're not eating hamburgers and hot dogs. Agreed. Exactly. Next, we've got the milk stand. Woohoo! It's a small drink that'll serve frosty confections, including, yeah. including blue and green milk, which. If you know the movies, the green milk is what was started during um, The Force Awakens, almost as a spiritual successor to the blue milk, just to have something a little bit different. The vendors at this will, will uh, it's a quirky stall offered travelers in invigorating, refreshing drinks and favorites among the locals. Expect a signature snack or two in addition to this blue and green milk. Yeah, Jay, I mean, listen, I think that's pretty standard. Pretty standard operating procedure right there. Oh, I yeah. wonder when they do say milk stand, I wonder if it is going to be, if they'll have a couple of tables around, similar to like a, an ice cream shack or something like that. I wouldn't be surprised. So, yeah, or a bench or something. Because uh, it does seem like it'll be a, a walk-up place. It doesn't seem like it's going to have much in terms of like indoor seating like the other two restaurants. Right, this will just be like a walk-up stand type thing. Right, and then, then you got uh, Cat Sack's Kettle. I would say that three times fast. It probably doesn't sound right. <laughs> um, specialty popcorn, uh, known as Outpost Mix. Um, we're not really sure it, what that entitles, but it'll be popcorn. And probably the only thing that will be "quote unquote" theme parky. It's going to have the bottle drinks that we talked about earlier, uh, the sprites, the the waters, the the cokes, the diet cokes, in the little ore bottles we were talking about earlier, uh, right. with some popcorn. There'll be special flavored popcorn here as well. Um, so probably. Probably again, um, a little bit more specialty, but you know, pretty pretty much accessible for people. 
Um, I think you again here, Katsaka is going to be a character or, or again, a resident of the area that's right. going to be uh, the proprietor of the, of the situation. So I, I honestly, again, looking at the restaurants and the shops, I, I'm, I'm blown away at the amount of detail that they're Agreed, getting yeah. here. I think Andrew is Andrew's excited about the next one we want to talk. Well, yeah, the last one is the Ronto uh, Roasters, and it's it's an exotic meat stall essentially that serve uh, you know savory grilled sausages, roasted pork wraps. Um, former smelter droid uh, 8DJ8 will be the cook, <laughs> uh, and he's using a recycled pod racing engine to roast the meat. So it's kind of cool. They just turn a typical yeah, grill a little, yeah, like a racer. little theme, like a little theme uh, like a little themed dining area, a little little stand. Yep. I, I think it's going to be great, Drew. I think you're right. I think it's going to be a, just really an interactive experience for everybody. But I think where um, everyone's pretty much saying, shut up and take my money, is the next section here um, where the shopping comes in. And there's <laughs> tons of little shops that yeah. you're going to be busting your wallet open at every turn. So the first one is the Savvy's Workshop, which is where you get your hand-built lightsabers. So a group known as the Gatherers welcomes guests into their convert workshop stocked with uh, unusual parts, whimsical pieces, miscellaneous memorabilia collected from far reaches of all over the galaxy. Um, and it's expected to be very similar to like Ollivand, um, Ollivander's over in the Wizzlin world of Harry Potter. So uh, I will say this about these. These are not the same plastic sabers that they have in the park now. These no. are actually high-end stuff. Correct. I mean, they may not be like your battle-ready ultra sabers, but they're definitely going to be a piece to hang on your wall. And they're going to be very unique where, yeah, I think you could buy some prefabricated ones. Oh, or sure. But it shouldn't be legit like a, you know, almost, you know, conveyor belt style or bin style where you select your different pieces and you design the lightsaber and what you want it to look like. Um, well, they're going to have the kyber crystals here, too. I was about to mention yep. the kybers. You need yep. the crystal, right? Yep. Um, so that, that that that's really cool. Like I said, this is definitely a reservation, 100% needed. And just like when Ollivander is opened in Universal Studios, it's going to be hard to get into this place. Um, and we have no idea on the prices, but I can't expect this to be under than $100. Um, yeah. well, I would say the, the super high-end ones, I think, are closer to 5 Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. I, yep. I, I, again, I think it'll be, I, I want to say, initially, I, I want to say it's, between 100 and 500, depending on what you put into it and, and how high end you want to go. And we, and we were talking about this before the show, and you know we don't have a good answer for it yet. But you know we were talking about the actual blade or blade part of the you know the light up color uh, blade, and, and the, what is it going to be? The saber made portion of? of the lightsaber, yeah. Right. Yes, yeah, you know, is it going to just be you know plastic a hard plastic tubing, with right. a light on the inside, or you know, as technology advanced more than we can imagine, and it's going to be even you know. Who knows? Right. Uh, yeah, we don't it's know. one we don't... thing. It's one thing to make a wand from Harry Potter. It's another entirely to make a lightsaber. I... Right. Because yeah. and I'm not taking a punk. Are... I'm not taking a punk at, at Harry Potter there. No, no, I... no. In fact, I've been to Harry Potter. We've we've done. Yes, we are all. St we're we're all around nerds in our house. My wife's a huge Potterhead, and so am I, and so are my girls. We actually bought a couple of wands at Ollivander's. The real difference here is the wands at Ollivander's. They're not customizable. They have different types, 
But here's the thing with the Sabres here, you're actually making it. You're actually picking the pieces to make this your own. Very similar to the ones that they've got, the little plastic ones that both of my girls have made now, but it's going to be on a much, much higher quality scale. You know what, guys? Let's run that back, guys. I don't think Jay knows what. They're not going to be anything close to those. These are going to be so far and away better than what Jay's trying to sell you. I mean, I, li- I like his optimism. I like his optimism, they guys. They have custom sounds for these sabers as well, which would make them even oh, more yeah. valuable. Right. Yep. This is definitely so, not something you want to go take down in your backyard and play with. No. no. Well, maybe you do. Well, right. But one of if, my Depending favorites. on if they're battle-ready sabers, you may be able to. I know... I've done a lot of research into becoming part of the 501st, and believe me, there is an absolute fan following on Sabres. There's a lot of different battle-ready Sabres out there, and this is going to be the cream of the crop. I can say that now. Oh, they're going to sell these lightsabers. There's no... no, Oh, they're going to be like gangbusters out there. Yep. So my favorite thing about this, well, one of my favorites, because there's another one on here I'm very excited about, but... The creature stall. Yes. Very quickly, you know, it's gonna hard to find species from across the galaxy. Um, Bina, the the, st- the stall's proprietor, scours star systems to keep the storefront stocked with unique companions for our customers: porgs, tauntauns, ratars, and and many many more little creatures from the series and and the extended universe are gonna be. I would say this is probably the closest thing we have to like a stuffed animal store. Um, yeah, or, yeah, but it's going to be a little or, bit more than that stuffy. too, from what I understand, right? I yeah, think so I would think noises and... to um, the the banshees over at at Pandora. Correct. I, I would Correct. say I'd say that's pretty good that. example. Yeah. Yep. So We've I mean, also got the forward there with the creature stall. Right. We've also got the Black Spire Outfitters, which is a local apparel shop. Features an eclectic selection of functioning clothing suitable for a variety of occasions and for worlds. They've got an (laughs) X-Wing fighter costume. I'm sure they're going to have robes. They're going to have robes. Listen, you're not buying, you know, I love you, I know t-shirts here, okay? (laughs) You're not buying those here, okay? You're you're buying... These are your your costumes. These are your, your... um, your movie accurate stuff. Your high And if it wasn't 200 degrees of the humidity in Florida, I'd probably buy something and wear it here. But again, we'll, we'll but see. But it doesn't matter, Bob, because there'll be thousands of other people that will wear them for you. And this is going to help true. you fit into the atmosphere that you are on another planet and you're not in Disney yeah. because you're going to have people walking around in Edwin costumes and and the jo- uh, Jedi cloaks and and. I don't know who knows what else, and I don't know. They haven't came out and said specifically what the rules are going to be on wearing some of these costumes. Um, inside the parts, it's, if there's like you said, like the hoods, and if there's any masks or anything. Um, typically, you know, the rules are pretty strict about those things. But I'm wondering if they're going to kind of open up a little bit on the costumes that they sell at this shops. You know, I have a feeling they will. More than likely, what it's going to be is similar to. Um, I, I don't know about. I can't remember if they have these rules at the Halloween celebration at Disney, but I know um, as somebody who's been to other theme parks during Halloween, a lot of times they they will allow you to wear costumes so long as you're not wearing a mask that covers your face. Yep, agreed. Um, so the next one here is the Dot Ondar's Den of Antiques. Um, essentially, it's antiquities. Hidden in- antiquities. <laughs> uh, 
it's it's essentially hidden inside a den, uh, rotating collection of unique treasures that include, you know, jewelry, ancient tools, uh, the tribar crystals that we talked about, uh, and um, statues. The, you can get some of the famous lightsabers here. So this is trying to be a little miscellaneous, um, small trinkets, essentially, um, of what you know what what they have. Yeah, then we get to the first that order have... uh, cargo hold. Um, it'll be located at the outpost at Docking Bay 9. Whatever the hell that means. I don't know how many docking bays they have. But they've set up uh, a little shop, if you will. I will think of it as like a pop-up shop uh, when different bands come to areas and they put a little pop-up shop outside the, uh, outside the venue. You sell gear for people that want to support the First Order, um, want to win the hearts and minds of the locals. Because let's be honest, the First Order, they're, they're bad people. They're not great guys. So something like that, you know, pretty, pretty straightforward. I would say the next one we're going to go into, the Resistance Supply, will be the counter to that. Um, they've set up a little secret, the Resistance set up a little secret makeshift post um, where you can join the cause and help defeat the First Order. So I think that goes back to what Andrew was talking about and, and Jason and myself when we were talking about the interactivity. That's right. where we're going to be. I don't know if you're going to sign up at the first order cargo hold or, but it looks like you will be able to sign up at the resistance supply house and uh, help defeat the first order and really decide what, what side of the fence you fall on. So th that sounds to me very exciting to have one of each shop for you to, to really choose your side. Right. Oh yeah. Next thing we've got is going to be the droid. Oh Depot. yeah. My favorite. <laughs> You're going to be able to build your own droids, which you've done before. But once again, this is going to be kicked up quite a bit. Thank you have... for admitting that it's going to be kicked up because I was going to tell you again, you didn't know what you were talking about. <laughs> oh, no. Believe me, everything here is going to be kicked up a notch. You've got oh, parts, you've got chips, it. manuals, other tech items useful con for constructing these droids. One of the galaxy's most indispensable sidekicks. You can pick from the BB series, the R series, go into designing and building and activating a droid. So this very well may also be part of the interactivity of the world as well. Yeah, these this are is, no joke. This is, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for them. These are sophisticated, essentially, learning robots. They will they will like pick things up. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. It's a, you know... Their chips, you'd have to actually pick what type of personality you want your droid to have. What's its background? What's its history? You can buy a backpack that's designed for your droid, so you wear it on your back. And when you walk by someone next to you that's also wearing a droid, they're going to talk to each other. You did have no idea what the hell they're saying, but they're going to be talking to each other. Um, and again, this goes back to the interactivity and how right. they, how you know how what your actions do. How can they help you? Maybe if you have a droid, when you're playing your Disney Play, you know, Parks app, it's going to help you dissect or help you get more missions completed um, or whatnot. So I'm super excited for this thing. This is something that uh, I can't imagine is going to be cheap. I bet you these yeah. should go up to, I don't even want to say a thousand bucks, but I bet you you didn't go crazy and make these things unlimited. Yeah, I heard um, they were going to be closer to two or three hundred bucks for the high end ones. Yep. Um, which really isn't bad if you think about what you're getting. And I think I read somewhere that they could vary anywhere for like 10 to 16 inches. Um, yeah. But yeah, so you're not, you know, you're, oh, you're, not, like, buying, you're not buying a real R2 unit. So. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, so I have, uh, I have the Sphero BB-8 that came out a couple of years ago. 
Right. And, We've got and, that uh, one and the R2-D2 here. Yeah, I mean, so they're, they're, they're cool. They're fun, but I think this is a whole other level of, of droiding. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. The Jewelers of Bith is going to be another store there. Accessories, trinkets, and other treasures sold in here. Yeah. I mean, that seems pretty straightforward. No, not as straightforward, though, the Toydarian Toymaker. Right. Now, this is the one I've been waiting for because yes. this, this is the one. This isn't going to be a house of Hasbro or Mattel. Right. This is going to be handmade collectibles and we, you know, handmade in air quotes, but it's going to be specific, you know, all sorts of stuff that is not available at home or at Walmart or at Target. It, it's going to be out of this world. I'm looking forward to it. Not a ton of information about it out there right now or, or even what they're going, what the wares will actually be. But I, I of all the, to- of all the stores here, that might be the one. I mean, listen, we're all excited to build a droid or, or a lightsaber. That's something we've all wanted to do. But for me, the exciting part, the, 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 cl- the clothing store that's going to sell, you know, the handmade and, and, and accurate uh, costume type stuff and the jewels of Beth, like Jay just talked about, going to be, I don't want to say it's handmade jewelry, but it's going to be specific to, to the Star Wars universe. And, and now you're going to get a toy maker. Those are the things I'm most excited about to see really what they're doing with that. I, I just think that's going to be so, so great for this store. I wonder how long it lasts. Right. I agree. And, and like I said, there's so much stuff. Definitely start saving now. Tell your wife to rotate the kids for a walk because you're going to be in here for hours. You're going to spend oh, yeah. all the money. Um, I mean, and then it's just, it's, it's, it's so many cool things. I think that all of the little kids of us are coming out of us and saying, I want, I want, I want. And then you have to realize and say, well, if I want all those things, I'm going to be spending two thousand dollars. Well, the problem um, is the kids. You usually hear that from the kids. This time, it's going to be from us. <laughs> is that? Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> and then the last thing I want, we, you know, we talked a lot about interactivity already. Um, the general theme, and like we've already talked about, there's it's going to be a very exploring like theme, right? So there's there's going to be a lot of forests and caves and hidden alleyways, all sorts of nooks and crannies that are going to be available for you to all to go explore and have fun and interact with. Why yeah, are you yeah. waiting Sim- in line for four yeah. hours? S- similar to Tom Sawyer Island, but you know, enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's 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 uh, that's that is Galaxy's oh. Edge. That is Batu, and I think the next thing we're talking about is going to be oh. one of the most excited things that we have are, are ready to share. So, guys, let's be honest. The three of us are children about this, and yes. I mean that in a loving way. We are kids at the candy store. Absolutely. We have the keys to the kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we give you Galactic Journeys, a Star Wars adventure. Working title as of April of this year. We'll see if right. it sticks. <laughs> but this is that luxury, deluxury, who knows? Deluxe luxury all rolled into one. The crop. This is the Absolutely. resort. This is this is the this is I don't want to call it a hotel. We want to call it an experience. It is um, the best way to describe it. I think it was either you, Bub, or we were talking, and we yep. said it's a cruise ship on land. Right? Yeah, that's it's, exactly it, what it is. There's nothing else like this around. This is the first. It's of a time space cruise where you pay a flat fee and you go into this hotel for two it nights. Is, it is inclusive, um, baby. And, yeah, and, and you just go crazy. You. I mean, I, I have it visions where, and I could be totally off, but I have a feeling you almost, you select your magic band, you select 
what costume do you want for your trip, right? Do you want to be a Jedi? Do you want to be a star, you know, stormtrooper? Do what do, what do you want to be while you're in this experience for the next three days? Because you're limited, right? You are limited. You're only going to be able to stay at this hotel either two or three nights maximum, and it's the whole yeah. time. So it's going to be booked like a cruise where you're probably going to have, you know, blot schedules. Maybe it's every right. three days, well, one yeah, day right. off. We should have put days. a disclaimer on it. We, this is what we're anticipating. Or why? I don't know that. I, I don't know officially that that's how. We, I don't think we know officially that's how it's going to be done. It's officially unofficial. But but well, everything we're looking at, stuff is... all the fingers pointing to it are saying it's going to be on their time. It's going to be on their schedule, similar to a cruise in terms of how you can book. You're not going to be able to book it necessarily on a, on a Tuesday and Wednesday if that's not. It, it may be Monday Tuesday. Yeah, right. It's going to be a rolling schedule, but I don't know that it's going to be one. No, it, it's not going to be one you can just pick and choose when you can no. go. Yep, agreed. Oh. No, I mean, you're going to go into this and you are going to live like you are in the Star Wars universe. Right. Yep, you're going to take absolutely. on a job. You're going to have different things that you have to do because of that. For instance, if you're a Jedi, you're going to actually go through Jedi training, learn how to use your your lightsaber, and then go on personalized missions. Yeah, gonna... I mean, Jay, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm still blown so, away yeah, so at what we're going to get out of this. You're going to, like you said, you're going you're gonna to step, when you get there, you're going to enter a spacecraft, and you're... You are you are flying or in, traveling through space to your destination, right? You are on a, a space station or star destroyer, whatever you way you want to look at it. Now, the hotel itself is located just outside of Hollywood Studios, and it's going to give you a direct access to Galaxy's Edge. So right. you can you can board a spacecraft and you get um, essentially you you transfer from the planet space station, like I said, whatever you're on, board to a shuttlecraft. Or shuttlecraft, whatever you're on, you you get a, a direct spacecraft to um, Batu, and that's where you know you can go back and forth there as much as you want. Now, there's a lot of cool things, right? So you're gonna like, like Jason said, you're gonna have secret missions, you're gonna have a personalized visitor experience. So um, the rooms refer them to as cabins, right? So and there's first class cabins, I believe. You know, some of them have bunk beds, and right. they're very futuristic, just like you've seen in the Star Wars movies. There, it's it's I mean, it's it's that you're not you're not going to be getting a typical hotel bedroom. Uh, they all have what they call a space view or a virtual porthole. So again, this is an experience. You're in space. There's no just windows so you can look outside and see what the weather is. Every virtual right. porthole is going to be a digital screen that you're looking into space um, or, or some kind of magic. They make it seem that way. So it, it, it's going to be quite unique, which makes me wonder, you know, is there a pool in space? Well, you know, <laughs> Disney's pretty big on their pools at their resorts. Um, but yeah, so there's, there's been, it's, it's, it's going to be a space cruise, essentially, right? Um, right, and much like a lot of the cruises, it's going to be all inclusive, including your food as well. Oh yes, yep, absolutely. So like, like yeah, and all it, the activities, yeah, everything there. It's it's everything uh, within there is going to be included in that price. So it's going to be expensive, but it's going to be worth it. Yeah, we're looking at probably for if you do the two, if if it is two days, you're looking at about two grand a person, yeah, not per night. It's no, not, not per night. That's cheap. that's per person for the two nights. So about a thousand bucks a night per person. Yep. 
Um, and, and again, this is we, we don't even have a release or open date rather. It, but you know, right. we're, we're talking a few years out, probably yeah. 2021. Yeah, the rumors frame. were in time for the 50th anniversary. Um, I will say, my wife has already approved me to go for a weekend trip. So, Mine has too. so whoever wants to come for a little guys' weekend, um, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's to, do it as soon as they start this. Um, booking reservations we got to be the first ones in line and try to get a, a reservation absolutely um, so again uh, you know it, i i we mentioned like the no windows thing you could kind of make it similar if you have been to universal studios the hot watch express right um so they, they can kind of do that type of space yeah that's probably on the shuttle pod transportation system there yeah right. between yep. the two areas uh, so again th- i think this at least for me uh, i think this is crazy uh, it, it's a whole new, I hate to say genre, because I don't know what you call it, but it, it is. It's a new It's a new form of living, visiting, vacationing. It's a new dining. interactive it's, experience, it's fully immersive. It, it's something that no one, I think, has ever done. And, you know, I, I better be blunt. If you're not a diehard Star Wars fan, there, there's no need or no... It's probably not for you, right? Yeah, I don't general, think it's, it's for you. I think you've got this is going to be a very specific sector of the audience, absolutely. and I think that has a lot to do with it being a boutique hotel. The capacity isn't going to be that high at this hotel. No, to be no, no. And, so, I, and, I, and I hate to say this either, but even if you have kids that love Star Wars and you really just don't like it or don't get it, yeah, it, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it because it's a lot of money, and you, when someone tells you, you know, there's there's somebody among us that's a hidden spy and you need to go get them. You can't just laugh at the guy and say, okay, I mean, yes, it's your mission. You got to know right. who the spy is. Um, and you got to, you got to, you know, call them out or, or maybe attack them or whatever it is. Um, it, it's all going to be part. Cause if you don't do that, you might be ruining the experience for other people at the place that are paying $2,000. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I'm super excited for this. Uh, I mean, I don't really know what else to say about it, but it, as more information comes up, we'll be happy to share it with you. I don't even know if super excited is the word. I think <laughs> geeking out is more in, in, in what we're thinking. Agreed. Um, Fangirling, maybe, you know. <laughs> so uh, I, think, I think that's going to wrap up all of the Star Wars uh, news. There's, there's tons of info. We'll continue to provide that info. We still have a few months before we even get to the park opening, and then I'm between, I'm assuming between now and then we'll get even more info and info. So that that brings us over to the last segment we have here: the Random House of Mouse. It's great to be back in the Random House of Mouse, guys. I, I really, it's great to be back with it. Um, we want to go through quick poll results. This past week, we did put a poll up about asking your favorite Star Wars film. Uh, there's very many surprises with the voting. Empire Strikes Back was the clear winner. Right. Not surprising. Again, to me, while probably the best of the movies, I don't consider it my favorite, but I will grant it that it is probably the best of the Star Wars movies. We've right. had some discussion back and forth. The bigger shock to me was that Andrew got two people to agree with him that uh-huh. Rogue One was the best <laughs> Star Wars movie, which, again, it was on uh, the local TBS station affiliate around here uh, in Rhode Island earlier this weekend. I actually caught it, and it actually is a very good movie. I actually do enjoy Rogue One it as, is. as well. So um, thanks, everyone, that voted. We see you. We appreciate you guys taking part in it. It means more to us than you guys know. Um, we do ask you to go over to Facebook. We also have a, a little uh, exercise going on right now. 
potentially for a future episode, potentially for uh, next week, where we want you to pick your favorite various rides through different categories, broken down by queue or, or you know, your, your most underappreciated or underrated ride, overrated ride, stuff like that. So check it out. It's on the Facebook page. Um, and I want to get in right now to our, to our favorite, our picks and, and why we pick them as our favorite films. Uh, Andrew, since it was so shocking to me that you got three, three votes on that, I would like you to explain to me why Rogue One is your yeah, favorite. So, so Rogue One was the first time they decided to, to really take the live action film and branch out from the original and hate to say branch out from the original Skywalker series, right? Because essentially it is tied in, but it's it's independent. It stands alone. Uh, so so when they did that, they said, well, you know, we could have a little bit of fun with this movie because um, it gives us an opportunity to say, hey, meanwhile, why, you know, Luke is over there, you know, about to go start his journey of becoming and finding out who he is. Let's tell you a little bit of other stuff that maybe led up to the events that he's trying to save, right? So so if you don't know, Road One is really about uh, the Death Star and how it became into tuition and, and developed and everyone, why is it why does it have a weak point? And um, again, it, it's to me, it's just kind of shows that side story while having a little bit of fun. And perfect fun is, you know, the droid of K2SO. Um, right from the scene where he, you know, just trying to body slams well, not body slams, but clotheslines Jin right out of the uh, <laughs> and they're trying when she's trying to escape. But uh, again, overall, I'm not going to do much of the detail, but I think of it just being that first one to kind of start that other side ster- uh, series of films, and and then tying it back in to the, the 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 Skywalker saga at the very end, right? I am one with Where, the force. The force is with me. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 R two getting the plans and and escaping. I just thought that was all, you know, super cool uh, and tying it right. I mean, it's literally ends where episode four starts, right? It, it's just, it's pretty cool. So that, that's why I, I like it. And, and I don't want you to defend it. You can, you know, it's your favorite one. And Andrew, I'm, I'm joking with you. I actually really enjoy Rogue One and K2SO is a big part of that. He's oh, fantastic. Gosh, yes. I, I agree with you. His dry but sarcasm Jay, is amazing. Jay, you, you picked... And again, I mean this lovingly. What I consider the worst of the Star Wars movies is your favorite, and it's it's not it's not that it's the worst because again, maybe <clears throat> Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith are probably worse. And you're going to make a case that <laughs> Phantom Menace isn't as good either. But Solo, you went with Solo. I mean that that's a that's a not a trendy pick in any way. That is a stand on your own and you plant your flag, sir. Uh, absolutely. I won't say it's necessarily my favorite because honestly, it is hard to pick which is my favorite because I love them all. But it boiled down to the movie that I enjoyed the most while I was watching it. And here's the thing Solo got a bad rap, and I don't think it's because it's a bad movie. Honestly, it is a great movie. If you watch it, it truly is. Anyone who's seen it can tell you it is a good movie. I think the reason it got a bad rap is because we had just come out of Last Jedi, which was, honestly, it's a subpar performance. And in reality, a lot of people were were kind of in a, we're going to protest any movie that comes out just to send a message at this point. And I had a lot of friends that told me they were not going to go see Solo because they were like, 
Nope. After what happened in Last Jedi, I am not going to do that. Not going to have a mouse. You guys are so sensitive. Oh, I can't handle it. Oh, my goodness. The whole lot of you, you narrow-minded fanatics. I, yes. I can't. I can't. I, good Lord. Oh. Go ahead, Jay. Go ahead. <laughs> Solo. Yeah, we're talking about Solo. Go ahead. Not The Last right. Jedi, and, and man. Honestly, I... like I said, it got a bad rap, but it is such a good movie. Childish Gambino did an absolutely amazing job as young Lando. You get to see the initial reason that Chewbacca owes a life debt to Han, and it absolutely makes sense. It is just such a good movie that tells how Han got started in this universe. This guy named drops Childish Gambino on me. You know what? You sold me. <laughs> That's fine. You sold me. Donald Glover is a legend. <laughs> He is, but that's why I chose it is because I actually had a lot of fun in this movie. And don't get me wrong, I didn't enjoy the others, but that's just the one that I really enjoyed. See, and I think that's exactly where I picked mine, Jason. Right? It's it's the fun of that. I hate to say side story, but it is right. right? It's it's you get to stay in the Star Wars universe, but yet take a step back from the Skywalker saga for a second and say, Hey, Andrew, you know that works for Solo, but your movie literally takes place between it doesn't. three and four. <laughs> It, yes, it does. It takes, You're it takes, unbelievable with no, that. I can't handle it. It takes place, but if you pull that story away, it doesn't mean the Death Star is not created. The the, the saga worked fine Andrew before the Rogue One. The movie. He's Anakin Skywalker. I don't. I'm, I'm sorry. It has nothing don't. to do. It's not that. Of course, he's in it. Of course, I'm not saying that Darth Vader is not in it. I'm not saying the Death Star is not in it. The focus isn't Star. Skywalker. Episodes four, five, and six still hold up without this movie. That's my point. God, so your so your movie is useless. <laughs> missing, we can have the other the point. Oh God, you don't get it. You don't. Get I'll it. be honest. If if you're anywhere a fan of the uh, the Lucas Arts games, I'm sorry. Kyle Katarn is the reason that the uh, Test Star plans got out. But we'll get on that on another day. <laughs> So, but why don't you share your knowledge with us then? The your your, the, your oh, favorite. I'm not sharing any knowledge. My favorite movie again for the same reasons you guys like Rogue One and Solo. I wouldn't consider The Force Awakens the best of the Star Wars movies, but for me, if I'm popping a, a two-hour Star Wars movie in, I'm popping in Force Awakens. It's actually a very enjoyable watch for me. Right. Um, I, I really enjoy Ray and, and Poe. I, partially, I have a man crush on Oscar Isaac, so. That's, that's, <laughs> um, I really enjoy BB-8. We've talked about that. I think Maz Kanata is a spiritual successor in a way to, Yo to Yoda. We have, we have used the term spiritual successor quite a bit here tonight. Um, I, I consider Maz Kanata uh, a, a spiritual successor to Yoda. And honestly, for as useless as he is, I really enjoy General Hux. <laughs> he's, he's super useless, but man, that speech at the Starkiller base is, is fantastic. It's, it is. It's, it's epic. Um, but again, I don't think you can go wrong in Andrew. I'm just, po I'm just poking fun. I know, I know. We've had the conversation about Rogue One being Skywalker, but not really being Skywalker. But... Um, no, the fact that you got two other votes to agree with you, I guess I have no leg to stand on with Rogue One. But again, Rogue One, I really love Rogue One, really love Force Awakens, and Jay, I really do enjoy Solo, too. We've had our fun with oh, a yeah. lot of them. We, we, you, you can pick them apart. I'm just glad none of us picked Attack of the Clones. I watched <laughs> that this weekend, and boy, 
Boy, that was a chore. That was a chore to sit through. So after our conversation this week, I'm going to have to pull down the uh, the riff tracks of all the Star Wars movies. Yeah, even just watching the uh, the little yes. uh, clip that they gave on the site. Oh, it's going to yeah. be an absolute riot. I got to no, see this. So, so there's a there's a Family Guy episode where Brian uh, is is a is is a uh, a companion dog or a yes. handicapped dog, and he goes and sees the Blair Witch Project. And he's describing the Blair Witch Project to the poor blind person. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. It's over. Everybody looks pissed. That's how I felt about Attack of the Clones when I watched it this weekend. <laughs> and it, my wife said it. She goes, wow, this is just like, what the hell? I said, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to tell you. But uh, no, that, that was that was Random House and Moss for this week. A little fun we had. And, and uh, Star Wars is very, you could argue Star Wars for hours. And I think we just Absolutely. did. So. <laughs> so, and, and, and the last thing I just want to say before we wrap it up is, you know, a lot of this stuff is uh, rumors or opinionated. Um, some of the future stuff, some of it is factual. So um, all I want to say is, is, you know, tread lightly with that. And we'll continue to give you guys live updates when, when some of that stuff becomes a reality. And we can say, hey, we told you so. Yeah. Hey, uh, guys, heard may the force be with you. Yeah. So that, that is the fifth. <laughs> so that is going to wrap up this week's episode of Star Wars The Theme Park Menace If you have any feedback, questions, or comments We ask you to please email us at the Disney Guys Uncensored at gmail.com If you're interested in joining our Facebook group Head over to Facebook and search under Groups For the Disney Guys Uncensored That's an open community for everyone to share their experiences Pictures, thoughts on Walt Disney World Partake in our polls, our questions Our, our silly little uh, you know Posts that we have uh, the podcast can be found pretty much in every platform. Uh, so we ask if you give us a rating or a review, that'd be great. It'd really help us. And lastly, if you want to support the Disney Guys, we ask you to go over to patreon.com, the Disney Guys Uncensored, where all tiers have access to our private Discord server. You'll be able to talk to us, do some other fun stuff. Um, we'll look forward to seeing you over there. And so, again, may the fourth be with all of you. Um, and we hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks for listening to the Disney Guys on Center. Rem and remember, there is no peace, only passion. Through passion, I gain strength. Through strength, I gain power. Through power, my chains are broken. May Walt Disney World bring joy and inspiration and new knowledge to all who come to this happy place. Yeah, a special shout out to John Blanco for voting for the holiday special. <laughs> Good night.